On this episode of the Garden of Eden podcast, we talk about talking with strangers, pole dancing, and getting better with age. If you like the podcast, make sure that you share it. It's the best way to make sure that we grow and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. That would really help us out. But let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Garden of Eden podcast. My name is Eden, and I'm your mostly fearless leader. The podcast is now on iTunes, so if you're listening on SoundCloud and you have a podcast playlist already going over on iTunes, please go over, subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast. Can you even like podcasts? I don't know. I'm new here. And leave a review, because that would really, really, really help me out, but... Today, I really wanted to talk about Texas Veggie Fair and my experience there. So this weekend, I ventured up to Canada, aka Dallas. I swear that driving from Austin to Dallas feels like you are driving straight to Canada. And not only that, I moved to Texas in 2007, and it's now 2017, soon to be 2018. And I promise you that they are doing the same exact construction that they were doing the month that I moved here. And there's always construction workers on site, but I'm pretty sure they're just having lunch or something because I don't see anything changing. If anything, it's getting worse. And getting there wasn't too bad, but getting back was treacherous. Is that the right word? We're going to go with treacherous. Um, because Austin has the worst traffic and I finally discovered what the issue is with Austin and its traffic. The issue lies in the fact that Austin is a small city pretending to be a big city. Dallas, big city. Houston, big city. Even El Paso is bigger than Austin is infrastructure-wise, but Austin's this tiny little city, and we have our little subsidies, and there's two million people smashed into a tiny little college town. It's grown too big for its britches, so no matter what they do, they cannot fix the infrastructure problems. And I know that this is like annoying for a lot of you guys to hear if you're not interested in Austin, but I'm sure you can relate to the traffic wherever you are. And a lot of people say, oh, we'll go to LA. And I'm like, I'm in LA a lot. And LA's traffic is so much better because they have on-ramp lights. So only one to two cars can go per light. So there is some kind of flow happening unless there's a big accident, which there are accidents often in LA but it closes it causes um a slowdown not a complete stop so enough with my frustrations of driving up to Dallas I went there for Texas Veggie Fair which it was my first year attending I have been to um Veg Fest Austin um a ton of times but it's always nice to go to a new city and experience new restaurants and um, new food trucks. And I love that Dallas has a lot more sit-down restaurants than Austin. Austin is very food truck heavy. So um, your dining experience is very dependent on if it's raining and the supply of the food truck because so many times I'll want something in Austin, but they're sold out by the time I get off of work. So it kind of just puts a damper on things. There are very few sit down restaurants in Austin, but I really did appreciate that about Dallas. And also everyone was so incredibly kind. I think I met triple the amount of people um, that I met in Austin at VegFest and it was amazing. 
There's nothing more amazing than being able to connect with your audience and see your faces and see how much prettier all of you guys are than me. And I need you guys to really stop doing that. I mean, I get it. You're cute and everything. But I want to be the cute one and you guys are always showing me up. It's really, really, really annoying. So, um, yeah, Dallas was amazing. I was there for two nights um, and then I came back home. And as soon as I get back home, it's like a whirlwind with work. You guys have heard about this in the vlog, so I won't reiterate everything word for word that's happened within the week at work. But let's just say that it's pretty insane and I need to be paid more, like for real. And I know a lot of people say that at work. They're like, I do so much. I need to be paid more. No, I really need to be paid more for what I'm going to be doing because I have to be the acting director until January. So um, as of November 1st all the way through January, I'm the director on site. Um, But they're bringing in a different director. I'm not actually going to be the director, (laughs) which um, you guys know that I had planned on applying for that position, but I didn't end up actually doing it. But anyways, let's get into the actual topics of the podcast. So one of the first things I wanted to talk to you guys about was talking to strangers. Um, And I know that it sounds really silly, but I feel like I am a stranger magnet. And I really, really attempt to be a good sport. But strangers just really love to talk to me in the grocery store. I look like I know where everything is. So people want to ask me where things are. Then once I get there, they want to ask me the differences between it. And they know that I don't work there or they see what cereal I'm picking up. And they just really want to talk to me about the cereal, which is great because I get to have a lot of good conversations about veganism and other things like um, workout clothes and all kinds of things, whatever I'm picking up, but it occupies so much of my time. And I want to know if there's like some kind of like chemical draw. I don't know. But people always want to talk to me. It's usually older folks and um, on occasion young people too. So today I had to ship in my second microphone um, for the podcast because I upgraded it. But there's this ID inside of it that has to be unlocked in order to use two of the same types of microphone on my computer because it won't allow me to create an aggregated device for the same microphone. Um, I'm sure I lost like half of you guys there and I'm sorry. But the guy there saw that I was sending back a microphone. So of course he was curious about what I do and I told him, oh, it's for my podcast. It's small, it's starting up, but um, I told him the same thing I just told you guys. And legit, we had like a 30-minute conversation about how him and his friend had just bought this postal place and they thought that their conversations were really funny and they wanted to record them, but they wanted to know about advertising and how I advertise, which I told them I don't advertise. I just have a YouTube channel. And for me, that um, is my advertisement. It's overflow from the audience that I've built on YouTube. And he asked what I talk about. I said everything, religion, when Trump really makes me mad, really hot guys on TV shows, my crazy teenage stories with my dad, um, socially awkward, which is the segment when we go through whatever guest we have, we go through their um their social media and have them explain what they were thinking. Um, And he was just super intrigued and we went back and forth talking about microphones and what different software to use and how he didn't know how to get started. And 
sure, I could have just been like, I'm busy. I don't have time to talk about this. But for some reason, I thought it was interesting just hearing his story about how these young guys have decided to buy a postal shop of all places. And then he talked to me about their P.O. boxes because I've been thinking about getting a P.O. box, not for you guys to send anything, but just for like ease of company sending things. Um, And it was just a really great conversation. So I just wanted to encourage you guys. I know that usually it's stranger danger, but to talk to more strangers because somehow you always get something out of the conversation. And you know what? I feel like you don't actually have to like something in order to do it and not like in a passion way like I usually talk about it. I mean, sometimes you don't feel like talking to someone, but it's really what they need. Like they need someone to talk to. They need someone to bounce something off and maybe they don't have that in their life. So um, don't ever let yourself not be a gift to someone because I feel like I was a gift to that guy today, not in a conceited way, but I feel like we were meant to run into each other so that he could talk about something that he had been thinking about, but he didn't have anyone that had the experience in it in order to, um, gain the knowledge that he wanted beyond Google. So talk to strangers if you can, because, you know, it can end up being interesting. Something I really want to know is if I'm the only millennial that has given up completely on text messaging. I just don't have the time or the patience to text message anymore because it's just so much faster to send a voice note. Like if you have WhatsApp, It's amazing because you can voice note and if you have iPhone, I'm sure any phone you can send a voice note. It's just so much faster and you get my unique thoughts instead of my crafted thoughts. It's kind of like voicemails. I'm not listening to your voicemail. You need to text me and then once you text me, I'm going to send you a voice reply. That's just how this circle goes now because I'm not wasting any more time on text messaging in 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, or 22. Um, After then, we'll kind of figure things out and I'll let you know Trump shouldn't be president by that point anymore. So things might be changing all around, but I just feel like text messaging is just a lot and it's ruining my spelling. Speaking of spelling, I got this app called Grammarly and it's amazing. I connected it to my work email and it makes sure that I spell everything right when I send contracts to clients and it corrects my grammar, which Half the fun of Grammarly is getting your report card at the end of the week, and it tells you how well you did. And I would like to say that I have gotten 85 to 87% each time. And okay, maybe I should be higher, but to have been out of high school for over 10 years and not have been in school for, mm, I guess, seven years since I've been in like a class, I think the 87% is pretty good. That's like a high B. So that's that's all I have to say about that. No more text messages, unless it's emojis, because I really like to send emojis. I like to send whole emoji stories. Does anyone else do that? No words, just different emojis in a story. That's my type of communication, 100%. I know this is a completely weird transition, but there's something that I've really been hating about being fat lately. And you guys know that I'm super positive like about my body and I love my body and I'm super proud of what I can do regardless of my body. But one thing that drives me crazy lately is especially on Instagram, no, I guess on YouTube as well, is being treated like a circus freak. Um, 
So you guys know I'm fat, obviously, but I can do, you know, handstands and back handsprings and back walkovers and box jumps and all of this, all of the things that people think that stereotypically fat people can't do. So of course, I'm always trying to break that stigma and I just feel like I'm inside of like a cage and people are looking in sometimes because people are like, wow, with the wide eye emoji or oh my gosh, you show them or good for you. I don't know. Like things that I feel like they wouldn't say to a thin person if they were doing it. If a thin person were doing it, they'd just be like, cool. But me, it's like, wow, oh my gosh, I had no clue you could do this. How do you do that? Do your arms hurt? Do blah, blah, blah. Be careful your joints. And it's just like, can I just be like a normal person doing things that I enjoy to do without it being like, oh, you must be doing this to try to lose weight or people telling me that I've lost weight, which I don't have a problem with people telling me that I've lost weight. It's just that I'll say, no, I'm not losing weight. And they're like, oh yeah, you are. I can tell in your arms. I can tell in your face. And it's like, excuse me, I think I know best if I'm losing weight or not. It's just like you feel like this circus attraction, like everyone's watching to see if you're losing weight or what new trick you can do. And um, oh, look, the other fat girls can't do this when really a lot of fat girls can do the exact same thing that I'm doing. And another thing that's been bothering me, it's kind of totally opposite of what I was just talking about, is... um. People that are thin, that do like bikini try-ons on YouTube, nothing happens. Their videos are up. There's ads rolling on every single video. But anytime that I do a video in a bikini, I get an explicit mark, which only 18 plus can watch it. And I have to fight that. And usually I can fight it. But once I fight it, I still get a thing saying that it's not acceptable for advertisers, which is kind of a big deal. I don't complain about YouTube 99% of the time, but something that does bother me is that when advertisements are taken off of my videos, it's mildly annoying because I don't have a day off because I have a full work day, like five days a week, and I'm like in management, so um, I'm there, you know, nine hours to 10 hours a day on most days. And then on the weekends, I record too. So I do YouTube even if I were getting $0. But I've gotten used to the incentive of having a little bit of income from it to do extra things with. So then when I see that my content that's identical to someone who's smaller gets demonetized, it's a little bit stressful because I hate to be like, it's not fair but it's not fair. <laughs> so it's just like little things like that that have been getting on my nerves lately. And I'm going to do a full video on this because not on this specifically. I just have a lot of feelings about being fat recently, which I've been so comfortable in my body for a really long time. But now I just feel a little bit of uh discomfort not in my body itself but in the way that people perceive it like like I said people um like you're under a looking glass all of the time but then I also feel like being fat has afforded me certain things like I only have genuine people in my life 
for the most part. Because people decide if they like you based on how you look most of the time. So I feel like if someone likes me, it's because they genuinely want to get to know me, which is a positive thing. It's just the internet's a really weird place to be yourself. Because even though you're showing someone authentically who you are and what you're doing, they always think that there's something more that you're hiding or something more that you're not showing. It's like you give a mile and they want... 500 miles because you know on YouTube you give an inch and people want a mile you crack a door and people want to kick it open I left my door wide open even though people see exactly what I'm buying at the grocery store exactly what I'm eating on a day-to-day basis they always think that there's something I'm hiding which is stressful um not stressful just frustrating but anyways I'll digress because this is gonna get boring really fast if I keep going on a tangent I know I talked a little bit about talking to strangers earlier, but now I want to talk about how I've been ignoring the people I love. So talk to strangers, but ignore the people you love. (laughs) I feel like the people that you love take the most from you sometimes. And although I love my friends and family, I am the advice girl. You know, people always come to me for advice and to kind of just unload, which is fine. But lately, I've been getting really good at just ignoring it because people will unload all of their problems on you. And then it kind of puts you into a weird space because you kind of have to put yourself in their shoes in order to give them the best advice. So it can change your mood. So like this weekend, for example, I was having a fantastic weekend. I got to be around people that I really love and respect and people from um, YouTube, people that um, watch me on YouTube and hear their stories and hear about their interests and just hang out with them and love on them. And it's one of the most humbling and amazing experiences ever. And then I had friends that were in crisis and they were trying to tell me all of these terrible things that were happening and not terrible things that were happening to them. So don't get me wrong. If my friends really needed something, I'd be there for them. But these are things that they could work through on their own. Like they had a bad day at work and their boss is the worst. Or something happened on Instagram and there is so much Instagram drama and they needed to tell me about it. Those aren't things that need my attention. So I'm not going to divert my mood to make someone else feel better about something that they're overreacting about in the first place when I'm having a great time. So you're allowed to give as much time to people as you feel necessary. Because I feel like sometimes people just like waste your time. And I don't think they do it purposely. I think it's like inadvertently they waste your time. One of my friends called and they're like, I need to vent about work. And I was like, not right now. And that's okay. It's not going to like ruin your friendship because you don't want to listen to someone vent. You're allowed to say that it's not on your, it's not, it's not in your schedule right now to take the time to listen to something that's really, it's like a minuscule problem that they're going to forget about the next day that they don't need your agreeance to make better. So Take time for yourself and enjoy the small moments in life because this weekend I had the best time ever. I got to reconnect with some people. I got to connect with some new people. Um, My friend Heidi lives in Dallas and I haven't seen her in a really long time because she 
oh my gosh, she's a Sagittarius to the T. I'm a Sagittarius as well, so we're very similar. So she's um, a spitfire, to say the least. So it's nice to get to see her and to just like block out anything else. It's so nice to be able to just craft your reality sometimes because so many times you're not in control of your reality because you're at work or whatever. But when you have the ability to like block out what you don't want and like lock in what you do want, block and lock, do it. Because honestly, it's the best best thing ever. Like I'm still on a high and like buzzing from this weekend because it was so fantastic. So just take my energy, feel my energy through this podcast and know that you can have that same energy if you craft your own reality the way that you want to. But speaking of being like a circus freak and doing handstands and all that kind of stuff, those are my favorite type of workouts and I've really been thinking about coming out with a plus size workout video so that people can see bodies like theirs doing things so that they know that they can do them as well. And I have an amazing idea. Obviously, I'm not going to just blurt it out, but I do want to come out with a workout video sometime in the near future. But the reason I'm talking about this is because my friend Stacy, which will be on the podcast soon sent me a little thing today and asked me if we wanted to invest in diva dance which are the dance classes that we go to that are to songs like cardi b and danity kane and bruno mars and janet jackson like choreography classes that are amazing i love those And it's been really nice, I feel like even for my memory, to try to remember eight counts again because I haven't danced in actual like eight counts since high school and like had to remember a full out dance since high school. So I feel like it's been improving my dexterity as a whole since I'm kind of an old person now. But I love the feeling of going in there being like, oh dang, I still kind of have it. I don't have it like I used to, but I could get it. So do we want to invest in that, which I've been loving, or if we wanted to invest in class passes because they had a discount for these classes um, at a place called Brass Ovaries, which they have vegan owners. They have two pigs. Raul is one of the pigs. I can't remember that other pig's name, Um, but sometimes they bring the pigs to the studio. But the studio is a pole dancing studio. Now, Stacy and I did pole dancing a couple of years ago. And let me tell you, it was so much fun. And that was the only workout where I've ever said, I can't. Because although I can do handstands and stuff like that, I don't really feel like I have that much upper body strength to pull myself up. If my body's bearing down on my hands, I'm okay with that. But lifting myself up is something that I am not skilled enough to do yet. So we went to the beginner pole classes a couple of years ago. And we had this cute little twink. And he was adorable teaching us how to twirl on the pole. He was like a little majestic fairy king. And I was obsessed with him. And it was beginner pole. So you think it's not going to be too hard. But It was hard. So they had like beginner level spins, which were fine. But even though you're in level one, they have you like doing back rolls. And no, I'm not talking about what hangs out in my swimsuit. I'm talking about like back rollovers. Think a front somersault, but backwards. And um, the different spins on the pole like require different parts of your legs to be on the pole. And 
I have never been so bruised in my entire life. Stacy like pulled a muscle in her shoulder from doing all the back rolls. Um, I was okay with the back rolls because I'm pretty good with like even, well, those are like the basic level of tumbling, but with tumbling and things like that. But we both had bruises like all down our arms, all down our backs, all down the front of our shins, on our calves, on our ankles, because you have to like grip the pole with your legs. And it's not like it's, um, catching any of the impact, I guess, you're like straight on a hard pole. It's like unforgiving. And they have this stuff that they put on your hands. It's basically like glue to help you grip the pole better. Um, so I remember saying that I can't. And this is one of my best like confidence boosting interactions in a workout class. So there's this teensy little blonde girl. She owns the studio. She's a vegan girl. Um, her name's Sophie. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't. And she's like, you're going to do it. And I was like, I know, but I can't, I can't lift myself. And um, what we were doing, we were climbing the pole so that you could learn this spin down and then down to the ground. So I was like, I can't get up there. So she goes, okay, just get into the position. So I put my, my shin up against the calf with my ankle pointing down and I put my arms up. And the next thing I know, I'm in the air. This teensy itty bitty little blonde girl hoisted my big ass up the pole and forced me to slide down it and not only did she do it once each time I came back down she boosted me right back up and that was such an amazing experience like super empowering experience for me because she didn't just let me say oh I'm fat I'm too heavy I can't do it she's like oh no no you're going up that pole. And I did. And then I think half of me thinking I couldn't lift myself was just the fear, you know? Um, the fear of thinking that I couldn't get up there. Because after that, yeah, I couldn't get up as far as she pushed me. But if I jumped and pulled, cause, because your legs help brace you as well, so it's not full upper body strength. But when I... Once I had that faith from her pushing me up, I was able to lift myself off the floor, not as high as I would like to, but I still did it. And I think that fear, I've said this a million times, fear is the killer of faith. And faith it was, is what will get you to your goals. Fear and faith can never live in the same space. So you always have to get rid of fear or you won't be successful at anything. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. If you're fearful, you have killed your faith. Therefore, you have killed your future. Like that's something that's really important to me and something that I really believe in. But anyhow, I did it. But after I left, we were sore for days People say pole dancing isn't hard. Days and days and days. I was sore. My shoulders, my chest, my arms, my core. Everything hurt. And I guess the point of the story is, I don't know if we're going to continue doing the dance classes, the choreographed dance, or if we're going to go back and start doing pole dancing, which it doesn't only have to be pole dancing. They do twerk, twerk sanity twerk aerobics, twerk out, something like that, something with twerking, where she literally teaches you how to twerk. And they also have aerial. So if you want to do like aerial hoops or anything like that, they have that. But get creative with your workouts because there are so many things out there that you can do. You can do tumbling, you can do parkour, which parkour is really cool. I might want to get into that at some point. Um, pole dancing, regular dancing, 
don't limit yourself because working out really has to be fun. Like for a while, for a while, I was in like such a workout funk. I was still doing like a couple of miles a day walking, but outside of that, my dance classes were at times where I was still at work, so if I wasn't dancing, I didn't want to work out. So I just walk, and then I feel uninspired even though I was walking. I just wanted to be doing more. So it's important to like find things that you can do. That's why I signed up for like Beachbody because um, even though it's not a dance class, I can do size with Shanti, which is dancing at home, and that kind of fills the void that I was having for dance classes. But anyway. Before we go, can we talk about how Will and Grace is back and all of the gays are quaking? That is an amazing freaking show. And I was nervous initially because I was like, okay, are they going to bring it back and it's going to be 10 years later and Grace is married to some guy that we don't know and they've cast like John Stamos as her husband? You know, you never know what's going to happen when they bring back a show. Other than Gilmore Girls Revival, I really haven't been there for them bringing back shows like Fuller House, ugh, barf. But... Will and Grace, they have done it right. And I love that they didn't change. Not the characters, everyone's aged, but holy crap, haven't they aged like ridiculously gracefully? Karen is so hilarious. I'm constantly like, okay, so there are shows that I think are funny, but Will and Grace is a show that I actually laugh at. Like I laugh out loud. I cackle, laugh until I cry. Karen's mannerisms are hilarious. Jack is so funny. I love the dynamic of Will and Grace, of course, but I love that they haven't changed the narrative, that, that they didn't whitewash it for 2017 or censor it for 2017 rather they still say the same outrageous jokes that no other network show would dare say um and it's hilarious and no one's saying oh how dare you perpetuate these gay stereotypes or anything like that or will and jack being called daddies and stuff like that it's just so funny and i'm so here for it and i kind of miss that comedy because now everything's like PC super family friendly comedy and anything outside of that is just offensive but Will and Grace really does it right they hit the nail on the head they're not afraid to push boundaries and they're like unapologetic about going back to exactly what they were because I would have hated it if it came back dumbed down um and I kind of knew after they did that PSA kind of against Trump last year that it was going to come back but I'm glad that it came back strong and with a vengeance and I'm super excited about it I'm also really excited for Handmaid's Tale to come back which I I was sure that I was going to hate that show after the first episode I was like there's no way I can watch this I am not watching this this is mm -mm, no But if you stick in there, it's so worth it. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because I'm sure anyone who's listening to this has watched the whole thing. Blessed be. May the Lord open. And if you don't know what I'm saying, you have to go to the colonies. It's such a good show. And at the end, you were just like in this daze. And I think the best thing about that show, well, not the best thing about it, but one of the um, things that makes it makes you so invested in it is you feel like in Trump's America it could actually happen and that's like terrifying very terrifying 
super terrifying, especially since he keeps talking about blowing North Korea off the map. Like it seems like the hands made tell the hand maid's tale could be what happens within the next couple of years but it's like super emotional a little bit scary to watch and I can't wait until the next season I've been seeing like not the previews but the fall um the second round of fall shows it's on there so if you have predictions for what's going to happen in season two let me know i'm trying not to give too many details just in case people haven't watched it yet but if you haven't watched it yet like come on get with it be a part of 2017 contribute do your part so for this last little segment of the podcast i did want to grab um a topic from the youtube video where i asked for topics so something that someone asked is how to be okay with getting older now this is something that i honestly struggle with not a lot but just a little bit being on the internet because if you're too old you don't relate to the young people which the young people are the ones that you want to capture the most right because they're most impressionable and I don't mean that in a negative way I just mean like you want to mold the minds of young people first because they have the potential to make the biggest impact as they grow so the more positive influence this that they have at a young age um, the bigger impact they have the potential of making I know I just said that twice, but I think it was important. Um, So if you're too old, you don't feel like you relate to those people. So they kind of cut you off like she doesn't understand. But if you're my age, then you feel like people that are older to you don't relate. They see you as like, oh, she's young. She's still learning. I can't gain something from her. So I try to stay kind of like age ambiguous because that way people can kind of assume what age I'm in so that they will accept my message that way if I'm I feel like I look pretty young but people know from hearing me talk that I do have some experience under my belt so people can kind of just assume and they take my advice just from knowing I'm a good person rather than my age But aging can be really difficult. Like I'm starting to get a couple of wrinkles and my first thought was like, oh darn, I wish Botox was vegan because I'd start getting preventative Botox to stay looking young. But that's kind of where the problem comes in for me. It's like, why is my first instinct to chase youth? Like you gain so much life experience and so much wisdom as you age. You're really a force once you begin to age. So why am I always chasing this look of youth when there's so much value in aging? So I try to think of it that way. And I think the most important thing about um, like coping with getting older is just realizing that each person's experience is individual because... There are so many things um, that people place, especially on women as they age. So you're a certain age, why don't you have children? You're a certain age, why don't you have a husband? And like these expectations are placed on you um, when that may not be what you want. So make sure that you just follow your own path and that at the end of the day, 
you're happy with where that path is leading you. So if you choose not to have children because you want to travel, just make sure that the life that you're leading is fulfilled. And when, you know, it's the end of your days, you can look back on your travels and the people that you met throughout your travels and the experiences that you gained and the people that you talked to about your experience where it shifted their world and made them want to travel more. Just think about your legacy that you're leaving. So I guess that's the key. Think of aging as you creating your legacy and you don't want to go backwards in your legacy you don't want to be chasing youth in your legacy you want to go forward and build and create so that you have this powerful story so I think that's the best way to cope with aging is just to realize that you're becoming better with age we all become better with age right hopefully we're all growing and moving in a positive direction as we age that's the goal right so um, I hope that I answered that question okay Um, if you have other topics that you want me to talk about leave them in the comments you can comment on SoundCloud or you can tweet me I'm Eden Jacks pretty much everywhere e-d-y-n my youtube link is down below all of the places that you can find me on social media are linked on soundcloud or itunes and i hope that you guys choose to connect with me off of the podcast but i want to thank you guys so so much for listening it's been a fantastic time today and i can't wait to talk to you next week as soon as my mic gets back we'll have some more guests on so that you can hear some more perspectives and more silliness but until next time thank you guys so so much for listening please remember to keep an open mind to keep an open heart practice unconditional compassion but don't take shit from anyone i love you guys endlessly and i hope you love yourselves even more i'll chat with you very 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 soon.